Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Bia Marie Annie. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowing. Hello and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, the podcast that delves into the depth of human potential and the transformative power of flow. My name is Bea Marie Anin, your guide on this transformative journey. And it's a new year, everybody, and I'm bringing on amazing guests for the showdown of this season of 52 Weeks of Flow. And today, Today, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest with me. You can already see her. Her name is Kay McCready, and she is a fellow speaker at the Women Thrive Summit in March. And today, we will be talking about emotional resilience. Kay is a highly skilled emotional resilience coach, trauma practitioner, and nine deep breathwork facilitator. As the founder of K. McCready Coaching, she's created a transformative platform dedicated to empowering women who've weathered life's storms, faced trauma, and navigated adversity. With a deep-seated passion of for uplifting individuals, Kay guides them in acknowledging, understanding, and processing their emotions. This journey not only reignites their inner spark, but also sets them on a path to a life filled with emotional balance, fulfillment, and genuine liberation. Woo! Welcome, Kay! Woo! <laughs> that was an introduction, Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just get so fired up when I talk to you because you have just this amazing energy around you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for that introduction. Yes, it was amazing. Um obviously, you know, I have got um a wealth of experience behind me and you quite rightly put it across there. So, thank you for that. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to come before your audience today. I'm looking forward to our conversation about emotional resilience. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So I said already, you're helping women, you know, who who have gone through a lot. And I know from experience that if you are a person who is able to support women who have gone through a lot, who have weathered life storms and everything, you know exactly what you're talking about. So where does this come from? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I have been through lots of things in life. I've had lots of challenges in childhood, in adolescence, you know, very early on in my career. I actually became a police officer and I was a police officer for 28 years. And I remember when I first started as a police officer, one of the really important skills that we had to have was resilience. Well, my idea of resilience then was completely different to what it is now because I believe that resilience was about just facing head on no matter what came your way. And it didn't matter how it affected you. You put everybody else first. You you went to the next job, the next job, the next job. You came back the next day and did exactly the same. And no matter how you felt or no matter what was going on for you, you just showed up every day, 
you put everybody else before you and that's what I believed resilience was you know um and I spent probably about four years believing that initially and then when I had my own personal trauma not only was I dealing with other people's trauma but I dealt with my own as well then it became a challenge because then I thought I would just be able to get back up like I'd always done and return to work which I did one week later and I just put myself into work you know I didn't feel any of the emotions that that I was going through I just squashed them down pushed them to one side because that's all I knew how to do I didn't know how to process them I didn't want to feel them I was scared of what those feelings and thoughts might do to me so I did what a lot of people do and I went back to work and I just continued in that role but then a few months after that I just crashed and burned and I ended up going on the sick anyway and I was on the sick for a long time and then I had lots of you know mental health struggles after that with depression stress all sorts of things um I was on medication for for 10 years actually which is a long time and what I see quite often now is you know doctors are quite happy to give medication to say to people they're stressed they're depressed here have some tablets have some medication and I was in you know that belief that that's what I had to do as well and and I believe there is a place for medication but what I also know now is that we can help ourselves so much you know we can help ourselves to become resilient to become emotionally resilient and resilience isn't about getting back up and continuing all the time and just pushing on no matter what resilience is about looking after ourselves and about taking care of ourselves it's about having the ability to deal with life's challenges because we are in a good place so it's not about waiting until the challenges come along take us to our knees if we build up the resilience first through our well-being then when those challenges come along because they always do we know life throws challenges all of the time when they come along we're able to manage them because we are in a good place mentally emotionally and energetically so true so true and you're touching on a very very interesting point there because most of the time we don't address something until it becomes really urgent you know when when our leg hurts a little bit we're like ah yeah whatever but, you know, when it's about to fall off, we're like, oh, wow, we need to do something. We need to do something about it. But instead of caring for ourselves, for our body, for our emotional health, for our energetic health beforehand, you know, that we live day by day so that we are creating this healthy all around body. And with body, I mean, emotional um physical and energetic body, uh, we wait until the last minute, you know, until it's almost too late. And then we start to medicate because we want the quick fix to get right back on the horse. Yeah. And and what I believe is that most people do that because they don't know any different. Mm -hmm. So I always say when I was at school, I never had a lesson on how to look after your emotional health how mm. to deal with life's challenges I never had it in secondary school I never had it in college I never had it at any point in my life until I discovered that but that was after I faced 
the biggest challenge of my life, which, you know, I struggled with. And it was only then afterwards, like you said, that we then try and do something about it. And that's why I want to be somebody who changes that pattern, somebody who gets the message out there that, you know, resilience is our job. We need to teach people how to become resilient from very early on in life, not waiting till life's challenges have, have you know, given us a, a hit in life and we're unable to manage that. It's about being able to know how to look after ourselves, do things every day that make us feel good, do things for us, because when we're in a good place, then we can help other people. And I want to be, you know, somebody who tries to get that message out there to people, who does get that message out there to people. It's our responsibility to look after our health and our mental health, physical health, mindset, physical body. And these are the tools that you can use to do that. Yeah. Because then people don't know, they don't know. That's exactly it. Because while you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, of course you don't learn that in school. It's not it's not a school topic, but who do you learn that from? And then it's like, well, of course the parents, you know, the parents should teach that. But if they don't know, if they have never learned how to properly take care of their emotions and deal with their emotions, then how can they teach their children? So I'm really glad that you advocate for that and that you put yourself out there and help adults but but also you know um young adults deal with this kind of stuff and give them tools to be able to deal with that on their own so that when they become parents they actually get to teach their kids and that's that's what i just love about being a conscious parent it's it's a it's also a challenge <laughs> to 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 be conscious about all the crap that i do and that i am also forwarding on onto my kids sometimes you know when you sit there and like ah oh, now uh this mm, damn it okay i need to rephrase this i need to come back to this it's a it's always like a work in progress and it's also this this life is about learning. So, and I love to learn more about resilience. So if people come to you, they have experienced great trauma. How do you, how do you work with them? How do you help them overcome that? I think initially I always go back to, to basics really, because what happens when people are you know, coming out of the other side of trauma is we don't look after ourselves in the first place. So I always go back to the basics and talk about things like what are you feeding your body? What are you feeding your body and what are you feeding your mind? And what are you feeding yourself energetically with the people who are around you? Because first of all, when when I was struggling, the last thing I did was eat. Mm. You know, I would just eat on the hop um, and because I didn't feel like I wanted to eat, but nutrition's really, really important. And if you're not eating and you're not drinking and you're not fueling your body, then you, you're never going to be in a good place anyway. Then <laughs> coffee or water? Tea. Coffee and water. <laughs> coffee and water, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that it's, it's so true. And then you've got to look at what you feed in your mind because – Quite often when you've gone through some challenges, you are in a, a very negative mindset. 
And what we tend to do is we'll repeat the same things over and over and we'll engage other people in those conversations where we're struggling and we're having challenges. And that's okay to a certain extent. And I, I understand that people need to do that. But there becomes a point where you have to change that pattern of behavior because it gathers momentum. And if you're talking about the negative and how you're struggling and and you're of that mindset, then that's what you're going to put out there to the universe. That's what you're going to get back. So it's about identifying those things, looking at what you are talking about and trying to switch that up a little bit. Maybe just go to one person or, or two people and have those deep conversations, but then look at what you feed in your mind. I remember the very first person that I listened to was a podcast of Les Brown. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of Les Brown, but he was a, you know, when I listened to that podcast, it was quite a pivotal moment for me. I remember listening to that the very first time thinking, wow, this is amazing. I can actually change the direction of my life by what I think about, who I surround myself with, all of these things. So I listened to him every single day. And I remember saying, he is such an amazing man. Can you imagine what it must feel like to inspire so many people to be able to stand on a stage and inspire all those people? And that's what I'm going to be doing this year. So isn't that amazing how that's changed? But that's 10 years. That's taken me 10 years to do that. So look at your nutrition, what you feed in your body, what you feed in your mind, and also energetically, because what find is that we have a lot of people in our lives who we don't feel good when we're around them mm. but because quite often we are people pleasers what we do is feel that we have to spend time with those people where actually when you look at here's a really simple exercise you could write down the top five people who you spend your time with write their name on one side of a piece of paper on the other side write one word that describes how you feel when you're with that person. Because mm. quite often that could be, well, I feel drained. I feel worn out. I feel I've had the life sucked out of me. Or it could be amazing, awesome. Yeah. You know, and if you are spending time with people where you feel like you've had the life sucked out of you or you're feeling drained or miserable, then why are you spending time with that person? That is because such we, a good exercise. You know, we, we have choices and, and I understand sometimes that could be a partner. Well, then, you know, identifying these things initially then gives you a choice as to what you're going to do about that. Yes. Oh, this is so true. And sometimes, you know, we, the people in our lives are our blind spots because we share memories, we share, you know, maybe the upbringing together, but then the paths just, you know, they, they, I don't know what's the word, you know, they, they go in separate directions, but we still hold on to them. We still hold on to the old memory of the all the those experiences and the emotions that we connect to those old memories. And yeah, this is a beautiful exercise. Thank you so much for that for sharing that. 
Yeah, it's, it, it is a very simple one, but a very effective one. And as I say, you then have a decision as to, well, do you want to spend your time with these people or not? Because this is about how we feel every day. Mm-hmm. how we feel do we want to feel good what does good feel like for us what's going to allow us to feel good and sometimes it might just be that you you know you are with somebody you might be in a relationship with somebody and, and you do feel you've had the life sucked out of you all the time but then you can look at you know how you can change your mindset around that can you have different thought processes around that can you change your thinking around that you know there are lots of different avenues that you can go down but ultimately I believe that we all should feel good Mm. that life is about feeling good life isn't about challenges it's not about struggle but quite often we're led to believe that from very early on in our life because you know we might be around caregivers who experience that we a lot of things come from our childhood come from how we experience love in our upbringing mm. and how we experience love in our upbringing you know gives us that idea of how life is supposed to be is life safe or is it unsafe yeah yeah absolutely and it brings us back to our parents it always brings us back to our parents and don't get me wrong our parents are doing the best that they can for the best of their knowledge. And, you know, when we're adults, I I have a lot of clients who then all of a sudden they see a pattern that they, you know, adapted from their parents and the way they behave and the habits. And they're like, oh my God, why didn't they know better? They should have and did it. And they, they get really angry at it. And then this is not the right the right path to go down that way because we're all doing our best. We're all doing the best that we can in the situation that we're in. Sometimes we know that a different approach might be more valuable, but we're just not capable of going down that road. And I bet that, you know, when you experience your trauma, in a way, you also saw like the silver lining. You did see, you know, I could do something differently, but you did go into the pain more. Yeah, absolutely. And and it took me a long time to discover my silver lining. So, um, you know, when I experienced my trauma, my trauma was the death of my son, my four-year-old son. And... I didn't have any tools or techniques at all to be able to feel or manage or process the pain because I'd never been given any, never. So I, as I say, I went back to work and I did what I knew best because that's all I had at the time. And I had beliefs that I needed to change, beliefs that if I experienced the pain, it was too much, that it would break me and I wouldn't be able to handle it. And I think that's what a lot of people feel, that it's just too much. I don't want to go there. 
So we squash it down, we push it to one side, we project it on other people even, you know. But it was only when I learned how to actually process the pain, to sit with it, to acknowledge it, to understand what it actually is because it's it's our emotions are physical symptoms in our body. That's what they are. Our emotions are physical symptoms. But what happens is we attach thoughts to those physical symptoms. And that's what gets in the way. And that's what messes us up, all of the thoughts that we listen to. But actually, when you learn to detach what's going on physically in your body to the things that you're thinking about, you can sit with that pain. You can feel that pain. You can process that pain and that's what I learned to do you know I didn't necessarily learn how to do it initially with painful things painful emotions I learned how to do it with less painful emotions you know and I learned how to harness positive emotions before I went to the really dark emotions Mm. because then I had the resilience the tools the techniques to be able to do that And that's where people struggle because, first of all, they believe they can't deal with it. They believe there's no other way. They believe it's too much, that they're going to break down. They're going to be crying all the time. They're not going to be able to function properly. And, yes, that is the case if you don't have the tools and the techniques. Yeah. And you're touching on a very, very important point, the pain. We all try to run away from pain. Like this is our coping mechanism. This is our survival instinct that is installed in our brain. We need to get away from pain because pain means initial death at some point. So our brain will do everything to keep us away from the pain. And even if it's just numbing it so that we are able to survive. But the question is, do we just want to survive Or do we want to live? Do we want to thrive? And then we come back to what is my purpose? Why am I here? What what is it that makes me get up every morning? Surely when you're in pain and when you are at the lowest point of your life, you might not feel that there is a reason to get up in the morning. But just by waking up, you can change the trajectory of your day. You can change the way your next week will look and you can change the outlook of your upcoming year. And even if it's just 1% each day. Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody who is listening, who might be in that place where they don't want to get up in the morning or you know, they're going to bed at night and putting the duvet over the head like I used to. I used to spend days in bed, days in bed, taking sleeping tablets like they were going out of fashion because I didn't want the thoughts in my head. And I had what I classed as involuntary thoughts in my head all day long. And I didn't want them. And I didn't know how to silence my mind at all. You know, so I would just keep taking sleeping tablets, drinking alcohol, eating like eating food doing anything to avoid to disconnect from my body because I didn't want to feel Mm. if anybody is like that at the moment let me be an example for you that things can turn around 
Things absolutely can. I was that person for nearly 10 years where every day I didn't want to get up, didn't want to face the pain, but it is possible. And you can do it one step at a time. Let me be the example. Let me be the guide. Let me show you that it is possible. I now have an amazing life where I feel good almost every single day. Obviously, there are challenges that come along that, you know, there are little little dips in how I feel, but majority of the time I feel amazing because I do things every single day that allow me to feel amazing. Mm. It's not necessarily about the doing, it's about how they make me feel. And a lot of the, the practices that I do every morning help me feel good before I allow the outside world to get into my space, before I pick up my mobile phone, I don't watch telly, I don't listen to the news, all of those things because they don't make me feel good. But cold water therapy makes me feel good. Breath work makes me feel good. Eating good food makes me feel good. So if anybody out there is struggling and feeling like that, just know that you can change. It is absolutely possible for you because it was possible for me when I never, ever thought it was possible. But it is. And I'm living proof that no matter what challenges you face in life, there is always a way to come through them. Mm. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you so much for being this example and for being a guiding light for people who don't know where they are, how they how they cope, how they're supposed to cope with the next day. Um, I'm I'm really, really glad that you're doing the work that you're doing, that you found that might sound wrong, but that you found purpose in your trauma. And that you changed that, that you changed your trauma into supporting others now. So thank yeah. you so much, because I think this is really, really needed. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And and as I said, B, that I used to ask, what is the silver lining? What is the silver lining? I couldn't find it for years and years and years. It was only when I started actually talking about my trauma that mm. I was able to do that because I kept it hidden I didn't want to talk about it I didn't want people to know anything about me and, and it, I found that it always caused that sort of environment where people didn't know what to say people didn't really want to know about my trauma when I talked about it it was a conversation killer obviously um so it was difficult. I was always thinking about other people. I didn't want to hurt, offend, upset anybody else. But it was only when I started caring about myself more than other people that, that actually changed. And then I was able to bring a better me to other people as well. Mm. Yeah, to change perspective from the outside more to the inside and what we need is actually not just the biggest act of self-love and self-care, but also caring about others. Just like you said, like in an airplane, they always tell us to put on the oxygen mask first and then tend to other people. But in life, we do it the opposite way. We always think about and care about what other people think, what other people do and how that, you know, how we are affecting other people instead of just being our best self at that moment and doing what we do best. 
because then we are of service to others as well by just by being and just by doing our thing. And we get to that place by doing things that make us feel good every day. Yes. And I want to touch on that again, because you said um, like you only um, you do a lot of stuff in the morning before you invite the world into your space. And you touched on cold therapy, a cold plunge therapy and breath work. So what does that look like? So for me, on the morning before I get out of bed, I reach over because my headphones are ready, put my headphones on, and I do 30 minutes of breath work. So conscious connected breathing, which you know allows me to be in an incredible place where I'm just in this almost void of bliss, where there's nothing else, just beautiful white space with no noise. I can feel my heartbeat, hear my heartbeat. And I just want to stay there because it is such a beautiful space to be in. And I never, ever thought I would get to that place, but it's, our breath is, is everything, mm -hmm. you know, and unless you've tried breath work, you would probably never understand that. But also the the type of breath work that I do is 9D breath work as well. So I wear a headset that has um, surround sound, it has subliminal messaging, it has 432 hertz, it has binaural beats, it has lots of different things, hypnosis, all sorts of things in there at the same time as you're doing the conscious connected breathing. So, so good for emotional release. Um, that's not what I do it for in the morning, but it is when I do it for in group sessions for emotional release. It's absolutely incredible. So once I've done my breath work, I then go outside into my yard where I have a cold water barrel and I go in the cold water barrel for about, it depends, um, in the winter when it's, you know, like four degrees here, then I would go in that for about 15 minutes maximum. I have my headphones on, I listen to worship music whilst I'm in there and Then I come in the house, go on the treadmill for 20 minutes. Then I have my breakfast. And all of that time, yes, that might take an hour. And I get up an hour early so that I can do that. Because it's so valuable. Because if I got up and I didn't do those things, I would be in a bad mood. And then everybody else <laughs> would feel that throughout the day. But I get myself into a good place. <clears throat> it's only when I've, excuse me, it's only when I've done those things do I then you know, access my work and what I'm going to do during the day. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a coach. I work with people all day long. So if I'm not in a good place, then the people I work with are going to feel that. If I'm in a good place, I'm going to bring the best. They're going to get the best from me. And I'm going to feel at my best all day long. And then at night time, I go dancing three nights a week. I do lots of different things. But all things that make me feel good. Because I'm worth it. Yes. Yes, thank you for adding this because you're worth it. And yeah. everybody who is listening right now, you are worth it. You are worth that you take care of yourself, that you do things that is a full body yes, where every cell of your being screams, yes, I want to do this. And also, if you're not in that place yet, but you want to feel better, 
then figure out what are the things that make your heart jump, that make your that make your soul light up. If it's if it's cold plunge therapy in the morning, then that's that. If it's dancing, if it's take one dough, if it's whatever, like physical activity, creative activity, if it's just walking in the forest and breathing in fresh forest air, if that makes you shine, if that makes you feel alive, then do those things. Don't procrastinate on them. Don't do that tomorrow or next week or, well, I have time in a month to do that. No. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is the ultimate act of loving other people. Because just like Kay said, when you are at your best, you can serve other people at their best level as well. You can uplift them to their best as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Kay, for this beautiful conversation. You know, I can talk to you forever because you are just this well of wisdom and knowledge. And yeah, I just love you. You're an amazing human being. Thank you. And same to you. You're incredible and amazing as well. So, And that's why we connect so well. Yeah. Thank you so much. So that's it. That's it for today. That's our show. Thank you for tuning in and staying with us until the end. I'm giving you a virtual high five right now because you're completed another episode of 52 Weeks of Flow. If you have 10 seconds, then please rate and review the show. It would mean the world to me. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free and reach out. The email address is bea at superwoman.coach. You can also connect to me at on Instagram at moving underscore river. And Kay, where can people reach you? Yes, people can reach me on social media, either on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Stalk me, I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So everybody have a wonderful day. And remember, keep shining, keep learning, keep growing, and keep flowing. <laughs>